Hi, welcome to class 8 Geography, Resources and Development. Chapter 6, Human Resources. So here is the brief content as to what we will be reading in this chapter. So just go through it. So let's begin. What is human resource? When a human is regarded as a significant asset in terms of skills and abilities, that is called human resource. Now to preserve that skills and abilities, human need to be healthy educated and motivated. People develop resources as per their requirements. I mean, you have the right to become whatever you want to, but the foundation of your becoming is primarily based on health, education and motivation. If you're healthy and you receive the right education and you're positively motivated, then you are considered as a human resource. Human resources are not equally distributed around the globe. They differ in the educational level, age and sex. Now this is pretty evident. If you see, the average age of an Indian is 28 years. China is at 37, USA is at 36 and Japan is at 48. It clearly means that the age of their working population is a lot different than ours. And that would also bring differences in experience and productivity. And ultimately that can determine nation's economic growth. The second topic is distribution of population. So the way in which people are spread across the earth's surface is known as the pattern of population distribution. The word patterns refer to the way people are distributed around the world. It is totally uneven. That is, there is no set amount of people same in two places. So if you see, there are a lot of places which are very crowded and then there are places which is sparsely populated, which means very less people stay there. So mostly the crowded areas are South and Southeast Asia, Europe, Northeastern North America. Another factual thing is that more people live in North of the equator than South of the equator. So if you see, there are not many countries which are below the equator. Countries such as Chile, Argentina, South Africa, Australia, Brazil, Namibia, Botswana, Mozambique and Madagascar. If you combine the population of these countries, they are not more than the population of the countries that are above the equator line. And if you look at this diagram, you can see most populated countries in the world. So China leads the way, followed by India, USA. So you just have to remember first three or four. And maybe, you know, at the end, you can just remember Russia, Japan, because these are some developed nations. So just, just have a look at this. You don't have to remember everything. And the third topic is density of population. Population density is the number of people living in a unit area of the Earth's surface. I'll explain it in simpler sense. Population density is always expressed in per square kilometer or kilometer square. Both are same. Consider the distance between A to B as 1 kilometer. The total number of people staying in this 1 kilometer piece of land is called as population density. Now the next question that comes in your mind is how do we calculate the density of population? The most common way is to divide the total population of an area by the total land area. Population count is collected from census and land area is collected from local municipality. And then you can divide both of them to get the population density. South Central Asia followed by East and Southeast Asia has the highest density of population. So these are the South Central Asian countries in case you didn't know just have a look at them. And then these are East Asian countries and finally we have Southeast Asian countries. So you see it's pretty evident that in this entire region we have two of the world's most populated country that is India and China. So by including all other small nations you can pretty much figure out that the, the maximum density of the human population on planet earth is located in this region. And the fourth topic is factors affecting distribution of population. So there are two major factors that affect the distribution of population. They are geographical factor and social cultural and economic factor. So let's read briefly about each of these sub factors. Topography. It means physical feature of Earth's surface. In mountains, agriculture is difficult because of the terrain. Similarly, plains are ideal for human establishment and setting up businesses. So this is the importance of topography. Climate. Every individual has its own preference when it comes to the place of residing. And most of the time, they adapt to that place. 
Usually people avoid extreme climates that are very hot or very cold like Sahara Desert, polar regions of Russia, Canada and Antarctica. That's why you'll see the population of these places are also very less. Soil Since more than 50% of the world population is dependent on agriculture and agriculture is perfect near plains where the soil is rich and plains are formed by running rivers, so you see there is a connection. Water Freshwater level is high near river valleys and it is no surprise that people prefer where water is plenty. Minerals Places that are rich in minerals will have industries located near to the resource. Hence, where there is industries, you will need manpower for work. Hence, employment and that would lead to human settlement. Now coming to the socio-cultural and economic factors. Social factor is a predominant factor today. You see the land, house, property value is determined by the development of the nearby area. If you have public facilities like hospitals, schools, malls, human settlement increases near that area. Cultural factor attracts tourists and tourism industry provides employment opportunity. No wonder this is also a crucial factor. Last is the economic factor. It is the byproduct of one of the geographical factor that is availability of minerals. Places that are rich in minerals will have industries located near to the resource. Hence where there is industries, you will need manpower for work, hence employment and that would lead to revenue generation and economic development. And the fifth topic is population change. The population change refers to change in the number of people during a specific time. I'll explain this entire paragraph in a simple animated story form. If you prefer reading, you can pause to read. World population is not stable, it's increasing. When we say not stable, it is actually due to change in the number of births and deaths. Till 1800, population grew slowly. Large number of babies were born, but they died early because of no proper health facilities, though hospitals were there since 7th century, but no proper vaccines were discovered which could prevent infant mortality. Sufficient food was not available. Farmers were not able to produce enough to meet the food requirements of all the people. As a result, the total increase in population was very low. In 1820, the world's population reached 1 billion. 150 years later, in the early 1970s, the world's population reached 3 billion. This is often called population explosion. In 1999, less than 30 years later, the population doubled to 6 billion. The main reason for this growth was that with better food supplies and medicines, deaths were reducing, while the number of births still remained fairly high. We measure births by using birth rate. What is birth rate? It is the number of live births per 1000 people. So remember, always divided by 1000. And deaths are usually measured by death rate. Again, you have to divide by 1000 people. Number of deaths by 1000 people. Now this term migration, it is the movement of the people in and out of an area. So remember that moment when you have to go to college from school or switch between two college, you have to have a migration certificate. So that certificate keeps a track of the movement of students in and out of an institution. So what causes the population to change? It is the number of births and deaths that happen. Because population is nothing but people. With no people, there will be no population. So if we know the number of births as well as the deaths, we can easily determine what the population is. And hence the difference between the birth rate and the death rate of a country is called the natural growth rate. Migration is another way by which population size changes. Obviously, when people move from one place to another, the place that the people move to, there the population will increase. So people may move within a country or between countries. So here I want you to understand these two terms, emigrants and immigrants. So the difference is one having E and the other having I. I want you to look at this picture and it will be pretty evident as to what I mean. So emigrant means 
departure. So you see in both the term emigrant and departure E is common. So just remember it that way. If it is E, then it has to do with departure. Departure means leaving. So when you're leaving India and going to abroad, you are an emigrant. And then immigrant on the other hand, which is I, that means arrival. That means coming. So when you leave India and go to abroad, when you arrive in the airport of the respective country that you go to, there you will be treated as an immigrant. So immigrants are people who leave a country and immigrants are those who arrive in a country. So you see United States of America and Australia have gained a lot of immigrants because a lot of people go to developed nation to work or improve their life. And on the other hand, Sudan is an example of a country. So if you see a lot of Sudanese in India are extremely high. So this was an example of international migration. So migration can be domestic as well within a country. In a country like India, a lot of people move from rural to urban areas in search of employment, education and health facilities. And the next topic is patterns of population change. Population growth is not the same across the world. All the country doesn't have the same population. While the world's total population is rising rapidly, not all countries are experiencing this growth. So one of a general reason why the population increases is when you have a high birth rate and low death rate. So if you see in a country like Kenya, its population growth is very high. They have both high birth rate and death rate. But then with the improvement of healthcare, death rates are decreasing. Birth rates still remain high, leading to high growth rate. So you see the change. So you see the connection over here. On the other hand, there are countries, developed countries like United Kingdom, where the population growth is slowing because of low death rate. Because it's since it's a developed nation, so we can assume that healthcare is at its best. Therefore, the death rate will be low. But the interesting fact is that they also have low birth rate. And the last topic is population composition. So when we say population composition, we are talking about the important characteristics of a population. For example, what is the population comprised of such as sex, age, marital status, education, occupation and relationship to the head of household. So if we get a good understanding of the composition of the population, we can pretty much predict the economic development of a nation. But here is a twist. If a country is crowded, that means if they have a lot of population, a regular notion goes by this that if there is a lot of people, then there will be a lot of economic activity going on. But then let's take an example of Bangladesh and Japan. So if you see, both of them are densely populated, but Japan is far more economically developed than Bangladesh. So people cannot directly determine economy. We need to know more about their qualities. Therefore, we greatly rely on their age, sex, literacy level, health, condition, occupation and income level. So it is essential to understand these characteristics of the people. Population composition refers to the structure of the population. So just have a look at this picture. So here the total population is divided into various age groups, example 5 to 9 years, 10 to 14 years. And then the percentage of the total population divided into males and females. So this kind of characterization and understanding is required to understand the population composition. Population pyramid tells a great story. It shows us how many dependents are there in country. There are two groups of dependents, young dependents and elderly dependents. Young dependents are usually below the age of 15 years and elderly dependents are above 65 years. So we are talking about retirees, pensioners, etc. Hence, like this, we can make many pyramids for visualization. Now, if you look at both the population pyramid of India and Japan, you can see a huge differentiation in both of them. So in a country like Japan, low birth rates make the pyramid narrow at the base. So if you see the Indian pyramid, there the base is much wider and as it goes up, it becomes narrow. 
So here we can easily see that in between the age range of 0 to 15 years, we have a lot of children who are dependent on their parents and hence they don't contribute towards strong and expanding labor force. And on the other hand, in the Japan's pyramid, you see the age group between 0 to 15 is fairly lower than the Indian pyramid. So here we can also say that their um, birth rate and the death rate is almost low and hence they have majority of their people that is from 15 years to 64 years, they're the working force of the nation and that could definitely result in the economic development of Japan. Hence population pyramid is one of the good ways of understanding the population composition and helps in determining the economic development of a nation. With this we have come to an end of class 8 geography. I hope you found this series informative. Subscribe to this channel and enjoy the learning in a way you have never done it before. If you like what I'm doing here, please leave a comment below because I'm constantly reading them and that's how I'm adding the changes in the videos going forward. Thanks so much guys and I'll see you in the next series. Bye everyone.